IV today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now we're doing this special series all week long examining the unicorns that have been emerging from BC's tech ecosystem over the past year. Now, look, these companies with billion dollar valuations, they used to be pretty hard to come by here on the West Coast, but that's not really true anymore. We had about a dozen pop up in British Columbia since December 2020. And with us to talk about her own company's unicorn journey and what comes next for it, it is Judy Hess. She is the CEO of Copperleaf Technologies. Company went public just a few months back, and it's best known for developing software that helps clients who manage critical infrastructure, you know, like electricity generation or natural gas distribution. It helps them make investment decisions. And so, Judy, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, well, it's great to be here. Thanks for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Well, it's fascinating, the, the Copperleaf's journey, because it is a company that's been around for quite some time. And it wasn't like it was like some sort of startup in like 2019. And then you guys just kind of, uh, you know, got this big, you know, venture capital injection. It, it is a, a different journey, which is why I was excited to talk to you. And, you know, tell me a little bit about uh, when you came on and some of the things that you had to change with the company and uh, get it going on the path that it is currently on right now. Yeah, so um, I started uh, as the CEO um, at Copperleaf in um, in August 2009, and um, the company had originally way back, you know, started as a small consulting company, and now it was trying to break into become a, a software company and deliver solutions as they found a market niche around, as you mentioned, you know, decision analytics around companies that manage critical infrastructure and helping them make better decisions. And um, so when I joined, um, the first thing I really needed to do with the team was to basically raise money and actually uh, capitalize the company. Because the company, uh, you know, was kind of uh, as usual as you would imagine if you're replacing the CEO, it wasn't because everything was going swimmingly. So um, the first thing we had to do was I had to do with the team was raise money. And I think if you if you remember back to 2009, um, you know, after 2008, this was a very difficult time to raise money. Um, So that was a a real key for for us. And um, the other thing that was a challenge, you kind of mentioned that is, um, you know, the focus of the company was utilities. And that's where our main client, the one client effectively that we had for the software was at the time. And uh, but luckily, uh, after, you know, many challenges, I would say in May 2010, we actually uh, were able to capitalize the company. Uh, we raised the money and we started to build products that the market required what, what really delivered value in this particular market. And I guess we grew from there and, and kind of never looked back. Well, it's interesting for me because like you started in the 1980s when it came to the kind of the BC tech sector and, you know, what was it like back then versus where we are, you know, flash forward, you know, uh, these years later, like what's just kind of the vibe? Uh, Because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think of BC as kind of a a, a tech hub back then the way that we do now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's no way BC was a tech hub back then. Um, When I came in the 80s, um, early 80s. (laughs) It was, you know, that was, it was just a completely different place. There were actually, as I recall, three, three tech companies in British Columbia um, that 
we, we, that we would think of today as tech companies. There was McDonald Atwaller, which is where I worked, MDA. Um, there was, um, and then there were two other, there were only two other companies in, in Vancouver that, you know, you could go to or work at. Um, it really was, you know, forestry, mining, fishing. Uh, those were the big industries in BC back then. And no one would have thought uh, that, that BC, that Vancouver or BC was a tech hub at all. And I remember coming here because I love skiing and, um, you know, Whistler was was a real draw for me. And uh, and at that time, McDonald Detweiler was a really interesting, fun company in aerospace um, and and, you know, doing mission control systems for polar orbiting spa- spacecraft and ground receiving stations. And that and that was really fun. And so between those two things, I was very excited to come to British Columbia and make my career here in the last 40 years. Well, you know, flash forward, you know, uh, 40 years later, and one of the driving factors behind the growth that we're seeing across the ecosystem, though, is just access to talent. Uh, when you started as CEO at Copperleaf, it is a much smaller team, and it's grown by the hundreds. Um, is that still going to be a, a big challenge, just being able to, you know, maintain the growth moving forward, and being able to get all the talent that you need to help do that? Yeah, well, I know there's a, you know, a big tech talent war now because, of course, the landscape going from three uh, significant companies in tech, uh, you know, 40 years ago to what we see today, um, which is many, many companies. And, and you know, part of that uh, is, as you say, the talent that's here in British Columbia, the education system. I mean, immigration, there's just a lot of talent in British Columbia. And um, that's been fantastic for growth. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, we we now are a global company. Um, we are hiring all over the world. Um, and, you know, with COVID and everything that's happened, it really is a different environment, um, you know, with remote work and work from anywhere and uh, things like that, being very flexible and being able to tap into talent around the world and in British Columbia and across Canada is is fantastic. Probably about, I don't know, 25% of our our employees are, you know, um, global in uh, global uh, locations. And I think that we really do have the opportunity here to continue to grow. And and a big part of that from Copperleaf's perspective is the culture that we've been able to create at the company. Um, you know, I originally was at McDonald Outlaw, as I mentioned, and then I worked at Creo after that. And mm-hmm. and Creo had such a unique culture, and I really learned the difference between a not having a, a real intentional culture in the company versus having one when I worked at, at Creo. And I brought that here to Copperleaf as well. And we've we've worked on co-creating our culture together. So that we're really, you know, we're, we're a big focused company focused on creating exceptional value and delivering extraordinary experiences to, to our clients and, of course, each other and creating joy and really being agile, uh, a real agile team. Um, and, and, and I think this comes through in, in our employees and the way we work with our employees. A lot of people, when they come to Cobberleaf, they're like, wow, this is a completely different company than anywhere I've ever worked. And uh, we're proud of that. And, and I think that really helps us in, 
as you know, the talent war and growing talent across the globe and also in Vancouver. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent. You brought up Creo, and it seems as if you know every you know second company I, I speak to has some sort of connection to Creo somehow. Um, it, do, do you kind of get the the sense that it is just one of the most important tech companies that emerged in BC, even though it doesn't exist in the, the way that we would have thought, you know, 20 years ago? Oh, I think it was really um, very pivotal, uh, Creo. Um, you know, we had thousand more than a thousand employees uh maybe a thousand to two thousand employees in vancouver at the time at at that you know height um it was really unique in terms of its culture um it was very global as was mda was very global of course as well um it was a real global company um and um you know in the end uh in the last three years i was the president of the company and um just the reach and the things that we did, the M&A activities that we did, I think we just grew um, and educated, I think. Um, think of it as your MBA was, was, was working at Creo, yeah. understanding how to deliver and create value to customers all over the world, um, being innovative and, and really growing uh, and making a difference in, in what we were doing. I just think it was really, uh, you know, we talk about all the talent in the educational institutions that we have here in British Columbia, which is fantastic uh, place to to get talent. But I think Creo was an education for so many people um, to really understand what you need to do in business and and how you can grow to become a global company starting in Vancouver. And you guys, Copper Leaf, have done kind of this really cool journey over the uh, the past, you know, 12, 13 years uh, since you joined. One of the, the, the big highlights you're going to be able to point to your careers is being at the helm as you go through an initial public offering. You know, prior to the pandemic, there's BC companies, I don't know, they, they would IPO because they're a cannabis company or, or is blockchain. But now we've just seen kind of the, this kind of burst of activity with a lot of the, the traditional, I guess, tech companies. Um, tell me a little bit about that journey and when you uh, figured out, you know, this is where kind of the, the path would be for uh, Copperleaf. Yeah, so I, I think that's um, an interesting question because, you know, as you, as you go through uh, your journey, uh, in, in a company and, and driving that, um, you, of course, you're working closely with your board to understand how you want to proceed in the future. We got to the point at Cobberleaf where we did want to, um, just so you know, we, we, we raised money in 2010. We kind of mentioned that at the beginning of this podcast. And, um, you know, we really didn't need to raise additional money after that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, we took an investment from one of our uh, customers, National Grid. Um, but most of that was a secondary. So we really ran on that initial funding. So we were a very efficient user of capital at, at, at Copperleaf. And recently, we've grown so much, we decided that we really wanted to raise money to, to really have the opportunity to uh, build the company out even more, go after more sectors, grow in sectors, grow geographically. We're, you know, in five continents and 24 countries already, but we wanted to expand all of that and be able to really finance that growth. And of course, there's a number of ways you can do that. And one of them is an initial public offering. And in the end, that we felt was the best option for us. And, uh, you know, we just raised over 160 million in our initial public offering. And um, 
that is to help us grow the company um, into what we believe will be an even more significant company headquartered in, in Vancouver. And we're very excited about that, um, growing in uh, sales and marketing and our R&D teams and innovation and, of course, scaling the company along with that. And I think that, you know, everyone needs to decide what direction they want to go in when they want to raise money. You could, of course, at, at the point we were at, we could have gone private equity or growth equity, um, you know, various different strategic approaches. Um, but we felt that the initial public offering, you know, everyone has pros and cons, but we just felt that at that time, the initial public offering was right for us. We could keep our culture, which is so important to us. Um, you know, we could raise the money on the on the public market. And, uh, you know, we, we just felt that for cop relief, that was the right direction to go in. And uh, I think uh, I think we've proven that out being, you know, one of the best performing uh, tech IPOs in 2021. Um, and also you know, actually the only female led, led um, tech IPO in 2021 as well. So I'm hoping more women will join me in the next little while. Well, yeah, it's interesting. And I should also point out that there have been uh, other women uh, to lead companies into the unicorn status in uh, uh, 2021. Uh, we had Galvanize, uh, GeoComply as well. So it is really good that we are getting kind of, <laughs> the business sector is better representing what you know, British Columbia looks like. But yeah, I, I think you would agree there's still a lot of strides left to go. But as a CEO yourself, not everybody gets to uh, kind of you know brag that they went through this IPO. Is that kind of uh, something you can reflect back on and just feel a sense of validation that you were able to do that too? Yeah, no, it was, it was really great. Um, I'm really excited that we were able to have a successful IPO. Not everyone was able to do that last year. I mean, you know, it is COVID, it's all kinds of challenges. Um, But, you know, with all of these challenges, there are also opportunities, as I'm sure everyone is aware and um, I, I just think it was uh, great. I, I was at Creo when we went public, um, and um, that was kind of interesting experience. Although I was really on the periphery of that, I wasn't the CEO, and um, you know I was part of the the executive team, but not the CEO. And and it really is different. Um, I think it's a fantastic experience to have gone through. Um, you know, I learned a, a lot because you know today is not what it was 20 years ago when, when Creo went public, you know, it's just a different environment. Um, it was, it was great to work with our syndicate, um, you know, the team of lawyers and accountants that we had to have to, to get to this point. But, you know, it really is a validation for everything that our team has achieved to date. And, and I hope, you know, everyone in the company feels uh, uh, the part that they played in making it possible for us to grow from this very small company with, you know, sub 1 million in revenue in, in 2010 and, and, you know, a few tens of people to be able to grow to the point where we were able to have that successful IPO. And it, it takes a village, as we all know, to do something like that. And, and the, the team has just been um, amazing, our team. And I think it's I think it's partly, of course, because of our culture, which enables our team to reach their potential. And so that's what's exciting. And of course, going forward, it's going to be very exciting as well. Well, you know, I'll leave you off with this. Um, What do you think it was that was driving so much investor interest? And how does the company continue to maintain growth moving forward in the years to come? 
Well, I would say that, you know, what, what, what made it so attractive for investors um, and, and as we did the roadshow and, and talked to many, many um, potential investors for Copperleaf during that time um, in the fall. Um, well, I would say number one is, is the growth that we've been able to achieve. And I think that's very attractive. Um, I think being a growth story and having that uh, opportunity going forward is really significant and being able to put those numbers down and be able to show that we can grow um, and, and understand the tailwinds that are supporting that. Um, we have a total addressable market of, you know, upwards of 12 billion. And so you really want a big market to be able to command because you need to continue uh, to support those growth rates into the future. And this is something we, we found a really large market to, to be able to address. In addition to that, we have built a very significant competitive moat um, in terms of our differentiation and what we offer in that market. And there really isn't a lot of competition for what we do. That puts us in a very unique position. Um, in addition to that, we have, you know, 100% client retention so far, um, which is fantastic. And um, we really have a sticky solution because when you are helping people make better decisions and these are financial decisions, where they put their money um, is really significant. And we, when, you know, and, and these are really big companies. We are the largest company now in this space. You know, we, we, we were the thought leaders and we created this space and we created this opportunity for ourselves and hopefully as others come into the market. But I think that really made it unique. Um, we also have a fantastic return on investment for our clients. It's just really phenomenal. And I think that's what the market saw. And uh, an experienced management team, mostly from Creo, which was also helpful. Um, but I think that, um, you know, when we look forward, we really see um, tailwinds. Um, you know, companies are wanting to digitally transform their businesses. We help them make these better decisions. There's more availability of data than there was in the past. You know, technologies like artificial intelligence, machine learning, the cloud, and all these kinds of things are really creating tailwinds for Copperleaf going forward. And that is going to power our growth into the future. And the last thing I just want to mention is, you know, there is a ton going on around the energy transition, uh, ESG uh, and climate resilience, which has to be built in, which we've seen in British Columbia in spades with, you know, the flooding and the fires and all these things that critical infrastructure needs to, you know, effectively up its game and manage these risks and be able to invest to manage those risks and make sure they're delivering you know, fantastic service uh, for all of us, which is so important to grow um, the economy of British Columbia and Canada going forward. So I think all of these tailwinds are accelerating our growth. We have so many clients in energy and the energy transition is front of mind for everyone. And uh, that's what we're helping our, our clients there navigate their, their path through this energy transition, how to invest to make it real, and uh, as we say, we were ESG before ESG was even cool, and we'll continue to, uh, you know, take that into the future. Well, excellent. Hey, it's such exciting times right now, especially for Copperleaf. But uh, Judy, I, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and good luck to all of us as we navigate the energy transition together.
Absolutely. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that is Judy Hess. She is CEO of Copperleaf Technologies. Now you can go to BIV.com for more stories, podcasts, videos, and more over there. But in the meantime, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Tyler Orton. Tyler Orton.